guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man. And the Bald Eagle. Now, the Bald Eagle is flying in unknown airspace. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure how to put that. Where are you? Uh, I'm currently in Brazil in the city of Maringue. Now, that's not like, you're not like in some little community within Fredericton, like Brazil town. <laughs> little Brazil? No, I'm not in Little Brazil in Fredericton. Okay. It's, it's, one, guy, it's one guy's apartment. What? Uh, <laughs> awesome. We're going to talk about Brazil in a little bit, Lucas, and I don't want to take up a lot of your time because you are in Brazil and I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. But I figured we would still, and I, listen, uh, uh, O Club, we need to give a big you know, thank you to our bald eagle for joining us because he's on a business trip and is just getting back to his hotel and finding time to talk with us. So uh, thanks, man. I'm I'm glad I could make it happen. We almost didn't. Brad and I kept touching base uh, every night, but I was always, you know, I was always getting back too late. But tonight, I actually had some time. Do Do you have like a a, a data plan or anything there? Because I was feeling bad with my texts. I started to think, oh shoot, I wonder if it's costing him to receive. No, I my phone has been locked into airplane mode since we took off from Pearson Airport. Uh, it's just what why, whenever I hit Wi-Fi, iMessage picks up, and then I'm good to go. Okay, so that explains that because there was a period there where I thought, huh, I've I've crossed <laughs> I've crossed the line, and he's he's not <laughs> responding now. Lucas, um, I I shared this with you, and uh, I might not bring the same energy, perhaps the same volume I would bring to my normal episodes, because my wife is away, which means I've brought all my podcasting gear home. I'm currently in my my bedroom. But the kids also sleep up here, uh, not in my room. That would be weird. They, um, but but they're light sleepers, and I'm terrified of waking them. So, uh, so there. I now now I will say I did prepare. I've got uh, two heels of bread and just enough water to get it down. A thimble of water, you're fine. That's all. It's all a true good father needs. That's right. Um, our stairs are painted stairs, and there's no grip on them. So I put grippy socks on the kids in case they have to run up and down the stairs, uh, Gideon style. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Well, Lucas, why don't you walk us into that hypothetical? Uh, sounds like a fun one. Your hypothetical today is: if a zombie plague were to start right now, where would you hold up? Is it hold up or hole up? I always thought it was hole up. I also thought it was hole up. Uh, I guess ho- you're holding. You're, you're in a you're in a holding pattern wherever you are, right? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so maybe it works. Um, Could work. Sorry, I, but I digress. You go ahead. Well, no, I, you know it's funny because I was thinking of you know where would I go? Because you get these you hear these questions all the time, like the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse, and you got to be prepared. Uh, I've got friends that are preppers that they have the you know they've got the basement with the. Um, with the bunker and the bunk beds and like the canned foods and the guns and guns and the ant, sorry, the anti-zombie machete. Oh, hundred percent. You know, they're sharpening that thing every night, every night. I often, I often thought if the world collapsed in one, in one night, I would go to this friend. I take my family and show up at this friend's house. I told him that. We would get no, shot. He definitely, he definitely told you he wasn't letting you in, didn't he? He did. We would get shot. The moment we touched his property, we would be down. That would be it. 
Yeah, our, preppers uh, are kind of like that. They don't, don't do great in the non-destroyed world. No, our kids play together at church. They go to school together. Um, but That doesn't mean anything in the, in the zompocalypse. Push come to shove. It's, yep, nope. We're just another mouse push to come feed. to shotgun. Yeah, yeah, push come to shotgun. Uh, so, okay, so if the zombie plague were to happen, um, I wouldn't go there. It's funny because I was thinking, all right, first thing I want to do is find a temperate zone, uh, a place that doesn't have a lot of changing temperature where you could go and and it would be pretty even keel. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to have to prep for winter and then deal, like all the seasons. Mm -hmm. So right. So where we are now, Atlanta, Canada, sorry, got to go. <laughs> Can zombies swim? Um, I, in every movie I've watched, and I'm by no means an expert, they can't swim. Sometimes they just zombie shuffle across the bottom of the lake, though. Hmm. Or, or whatever body of water. But, I mean, I think you're definitely safer. You know, you, maybe we need to figure out what type they are. Now, for those that are listening, zombies aren't real. I'm saying that in case my kids woke up and are now hearing me talk about zombies. Uh, <laughs> um, you got to... because. Because video games and movies and TV shows have changed our perception of zombies. It used to be that the zombie was like, you know, it, it walked a certain speed and only wanted brains. But but shuffly, yeah, dusty, real shuffly. But but now you get like you've got ones that can run and 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 some that can operate doorknobs like a you know like a raptor in Jurassic Park. <laughs> I was just gonna say like a raptor, yep. raptor like reflexes, raptor like reflexes. Uh, so what kind of zombies are these? What? Uh, you know what? Let's just go old fashioned. Let's go, uh, shuffly. Okay. Old school, like Alfred Hitchcock type zombie. I'm not even sure if he did a zombie mm -hmm. thing, but hopefully. All right. I actually, okay. What's it like? What's the temperature like in Brazil? Um, well, right now we're, we're getting into their winter, but it's still warm. It's, it was 40 degrees one day. Most days were like 30 something. So quite quite nice and it snow doesn't exist there i'm assuming no um snow doesn't exist um and a few other things but they do have an abundance of coffee sugarcane lots of beef um so sorry i'm getting into the brazil part of the conversation but yeah <laughs> well they, they've got some solid resources i guess uh, so. they also have snakes so be prepared for that oh Hmm. Yeah. You know what? You go to that temperate zone. Now you got to deal with the wildlife that's there. And sometimes that wildlife mm -hmm. is worse than the zombie, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I still think I'm going somewhere down there. Um, you know what? Cuba. I'm, I'm going, Cuba? I'm going Cuba? to Cuba. I'm going to Cuba. That's, Cuba. that's where I'm headed. Cause I'm a little bit familiar with a very niche pocket of the area. And, and I found some army tunnels uh, that were there from the Bay of Pigs invasion. <laughs> Um, that is, that is a true story. I took my daughter down into, into one of them. <laughs> anyway, what about um, you? Talk to me. What as, about you? As for me, at first I thought you meant like what kind of building? Um, but I mean, Island, I mean, you gotta go Island, Island off the bat Island for sure. Um, I've thought about, you know, Prince Edward Island. If you blow the bridge, right. Would you go pretty solid choice? Prince or Cape or. Uh, that's the thing. I don't know the island very well. Grand Manan. I don't know they have an abundance of patats. So I might uh, <laughs> go there. Um, Grand Manan is pretty rural. Uh, I mean, getting there is going to be tricky. Um, 
and again, I, I know it's very cliched, but like a department store is pretty sweet because all of the individual shops can lock up and you've got food, you've got sometimes weapons, you've got ammunition. You know, if you're in an American mall, oh, guns galore, right? You're, you're, you're laughing. Yeah, po- buckets of bullets. Buckets of bullets. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, um, if it was a local place, uh, Bass Pro Shop might not be bad because they actually have quite a bit of food. Um, they have lots of clothing, lots of weapons. Um, uh, they seem, I'm sure it'd be fairly secure. Um, you could live up in one of the boats or whatever. You could fish out of that little stocked fish pond they have. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe Bass Pro Shop. Well, we'd have to see it. Now I don't know how to work a firearm, so then that could be dangerous, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go Bass Pro Shop or on an Island somewhere. That's funny. Given a zombie plague, you become the most dangerous threat <laughs> to myself, to yourself. And those are yes. those in your immediate vicinity. No, it's okay. I'm I'm up in a boat in a store with a gun. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've watched a couple, not a lot of Walking Dead, but a little bit. And like, you would get people who would like barricade themselves on a roof, which is great, but it's only great until they run out of food. Yes. Uh, so and then there's issues there. It it's I I'm a little surprised, Lucas, for all the outdoorsy things that you do, um, that you've never never fired a firearm. Um, well, sorry, I've fired them before, I guess. I've shot like a 22 a couple of times. I got to shoot an AR-15 once. That was terrifying. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't hunt, so I don't want to have a gun just for the sake of having a gun. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, maybe someday. All right. Well, actually, probably not. Like, to be honest, like, I went hunting with my dad once, and I remember we were, we're up, we we're up, you know, a few kilometers up from my house in the woods, and we're sitting there for about 20 minutes in silence, and, you know, hunting's like, you're there for days. And I'm like, what do we do next, Dad? Sure. Like, Shh. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I, I don't like, I don't like any sport. I have to be quiet during. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so you would go to Grandma Nan. Or, uh, Graham, if you had to go Graham to a, a place, was that possibly PEI or Monk uh, or Moncton? Because that's the closest Bass Pro shop. shop. Just, just chock full of. Uh, Anglophone and Francophone zombies, but yeah, I, I might go to Bass Pro. Oh, that's going to be... If you thought communicating with zombies was hard to begin with, there's <laughs> a whole new level of difficult. That is true. Oh, uh, shoot. All right, listen, I did some scouring on Yahoo, and this one I'm not sure what to do with. Uh, as a as a pastor, I've been to my fair share of funerals, and, and, and you know, you actually... We, I've got a good relationship with the funeral director, uh, here in town, which is an odd thing to say, you know, do you want a good relationship <laughs> with the funeral director? But we do. We, and anyway, uh, I should ask him this. The question is this off of Yahoo. It says, uh, if my funeral is also a giant advertisement for my business, can my kin write it off? <laughs> I would think, um, you, you, you probably could, like if you say, uh, you know, say you, you know, kick, kick the bucket or whatever, and you've got, you know, Oxford Church of the Nazarene, like emblazoned across your casket, you know, uh, you might get a kickback for that. What happens with the business when I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make it some assumptions here. The, mm-hmm. the, per, the person that wrote this used the word kin, which isn't a super <laughs> businessy legal term. No, no, it's not. So, so just bear with me. And I don't mean to be disparaging. However, I don't picture this um, business as like a multi, 
you know, corporate, Multi- a multinational, a, a multinational corp- corporate no. corporation. Probably not. This is to me. This is probably like a you know, a, a, a gentleman that owns his own funeral place, and um, that's what we call them, right? Funeral places. Fun- yeah, I think that's the technical term. Yeah, funeral homes, and um, so he's probably the sole owner. So my question is, upon his death, what then happens to the business? Who legally owns a business upon your death? I think it would have to be in your will, like my whatever, whatever goes to so-and-so, unless there's a partner or whatever. I think that's usually how it goes. Um, well, that yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. The gentleman used the word kin. You've got to assume that, that this will is on a napkin. <laughs> oh, no. Possibly. Uh, oh, I'm just messing. Um, uh, you know, I thought, I thought so. If, if you can, I'm, I'm going to ask our local funeral director and report back, you know, do you know any local accountants? They might be able to know what a good write off is. Like, can he, can he write off the heat and lights and the power and all that for the funeral? You know what I mean? It's a business expense. Uh, well, I think it's. Um, there's like a fraction of the cost or whatever. I forget what it is, but yeah, it gets real. It gets real tricky. The, but I mean, I mean, you know, funerals aren't cheap. So I mean, if you can get a little, little, uh, little back from Mr. Trudeau, I mean, why not? A little stimmy for the funeral business. A little stimmy. That's right. Huh. Well, uh, there you go. So if there's any funeral directors listening, have you thought about using your own funeral as a tax write-off? Your, I think your family would appreciate that. This is a yeah. That is a weird way to end that. <laughs> um, anything else on uh, on that? Wait, can their kin write it off? How could the, I guess it would depend on who owns the business, right? If the, if it's yeah, left, if, they, if, if it's left to the family, like you said, mm-hmm. then then yeah, they should be able to write they, it off. Sh- I would yeah, I would think so. Certainly, certainly, I would think so. I just imagine, though, you've got to imagine the funeral. Like, you've got to imagine the intent. This person's definitely been planning their own funeral and has, like, you you know when Kent or a business is going to build a home in an area Mm -hmm. and they have, like, the massive signs in the yard and they've, you know, like, even the the vapor barrier paper is, like, it's got Kent written all over it. Oh, yeah. Like, if this person's, if you're going to do this, you've got to do it right. Every. Although. Here's the thing, like, there's only a few businesses that would want their name associated with a funeral, right? Like, McDonald's wouldn't want to sponsor that, uh, or Wendy's, or anything like that, I wouldn't think, unless it's like, you know, Johnson & Johnson Funeral Corporation, or or that sort of thing, possibly. Huh. Mm. Yeah. I think we've mined this one for all we're going to get out of it. What, uh, what, what kind of menu item do you think McDonald's would have if it was sponsoring a funeral? Uh, no, nuggets. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Finger food. <laughs> More respectful. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. We've taken this one as far as it can go. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of that and go into our not a sponsor break. The part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. In fact, we wind up paying them more often than not. Nobody does it Today's not a sponsor comes by way of Whiskas. Whiskas. Am I pronouncing that right? Whis, whiskas. Whiskers. 
Whiskas, I see what they've done there. Whiskas Hairball Control with Chicken. Great tasting nutrition to help your adult cat control hairball formation. As the makers of Whiskas, we love cats for their independent spirits, but understand that they still need love and care. We know that some cats are prone to hairballs, and that's why we've created a formula with natural fiber blend to help control hairballs and dietary fibers to help support digestive health. I'm having a hard time not laughing at this. 100% complete and balanced with the great taste of delicious real chicken. Great, that's what my cat needs, a taste for flesh and meat. Wonderful. It's everything your adult cat needs. That explains why the cat's attacking the children. The crunchy kibble and soft meaty centers of delicious pockets make Whiskas cat foods with real chicken, salmon, or tuna the evolution of great tasting nutrition. Now, don't just take my word for it, people. Let, let have a listen to this review. A happy discovery, Whiskas Hairball Control. Uh, this comes, well, they didn't give a name, so they're hiding behind the anonymous tag here. We got a half bag of Whiskas Hairball Control from a friend for our cat, Jam the Dude, an older gent. A couple of months ago, he liked it right away, even more than his wet food. He's a fastidious guy who constantly cleans himself and, yep, regularly found that his body would reject that much ingested fur. Hack dramatically and promptly get kicked outside before he threw up on the carpet. He's not had any episodes like that since we started feeding him the hairball control whiskers. I suspect he likes the fact that I suspect he likes that fact as much as we do. We bought a new larger bag for him today at the store and will continue to do so. And they did not receive any incentive for this review and yes, in fact, would recommend five out of five whiskers. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at controlling my cat's hairballs than whiskers. Hairball control cat food. Not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, glad that you're still with us. If you recall last week's episode, Lucas and I just kind of shot the breeze and then all of a sudden realized it was time to end the episode. And so we didn't get to this question, uh, which is a question that Christians quote unquote can't answer. And uh, the question before us is this, why did God create human beings to have a sinful nature? Question mark. <laughs> Do Parentheses. Um, so the question asked her is saying that God made us uh, sinful. Right. Which is, maybe I'm not trying to read into the question because there's no real context other than this. Uh, it seems like a, a blame game here. Mm -hmm. So that's like saying, you know, I don't know, you... You, you break something and then you blame your mom for it because she made you. Like, well, you know, I'm your kid. And I, that is your fault I broke the vase or whatever. I, I was just, like, you put that vase there. Why would you put that vase there? <laughs> right? You're not watching. You knock it over and you blame someone else for setting something there. Classic. Classic so-and-so. Classic so-and-so. Uh, so -so. the, the short answer, which we're going to we'll, – we'll get into, is that he didn't. Right? I mean – that's the short answer. Why did God create human beings to have a sinful nature? Well, he didn't. In, in fact, uh, in Genesis, it talked about, uh, it talked about uh, God said when he was creating us, he created us in his image. Uh, in the image of God, he created the male and female. And if you were to look through the, uh, through the whole scripture, 
through all of, you know, all of the Bible and understand the nature of God and who he is. There is no sin in him. He doesn't have a sinful nature. Uh, he's holy and pure and righteous and love and all these different things. Um, and he said that he was creating us in, in his image. So he didn't create us to have a sinful nature. And Lucas, we've talked about this because I remember you talking before about the fact of like of why why he gave us free will, you know, because he did give us that choice. Does that ring a bell to you? Yeah, exactly. Basically just talking about the fact that, you know, uh, God could have made us a bunch of robots that just did whatever he wanted to do. You know, he, he could do that, but he wanted to give us free will, the ability to choose our actions. And if he's giving us the power to choose, he can't do that and say, well, you have the power to choose as long as you choose exactly what I want, because that would make us robots again, right? Right. So to, to actually give us power to choose, he has to give us the ability to choose whatever we choose, not just what he would want or, or even what's best for us, you know, because if if God wants us to do it, it's what's best for us. But he gave us, and he said, like, and he, he didn't make it super hard. He wasn't trying to trick us. He said, listen, I've given you this beautiful paradise, you know, uh, all these animals, uh, this beautiful garden, um, but I, I have to give you the option to choose the wrong thing. So, okay, this, this one tree... You know, over there, the side of the garden there, uh, if you eat, don't eat from that one tree. That's the only thing. If you don't do that, you'll be fine. Everything else is good. Just don't eat from that one thing, mm -hmm. you dummies. And uh, guess what we did? Right. And, and you, you really hit it. Like, he had to give us the choice um, because he created us to have relationship with him. But I can't have a relationship with, uh, with you know, my, my Google Mini or Alexa or Siri or things like that. I can I can talk to them and I can get information from them and they can talk back to me and they can help me with my plans and all this stuff. But I don't have a relationship with them. Um because I can't have a relationship with a robot. Now, this is an interesting that this is a whole other question, but that's an interesting question for today about relationships with robots. Um because that that <laughs> that is happening in the world right now. Um yeah. where that's becoming what seems commonplace in some areas, but, but anyway, I digress. Um, we, we had to be able to choose and the, because we messed up, sin came into the world and, and our very nature, the, the very, our desires changed. You can read in Galatians, I believe it's Galatians five. It talks about uh, the fruit of the spirit and the lusts of the flesh. And, you know, when we were created, those lusts of the flesh were not something that we had to deal with. We, you know, um, we weren't created for this uh, internal battle that we find ourselves now between the, the spirit and the flesh. And I'm not sure if you understand what I'm talking about. If you're a Christian, you, you probably do. There is, there can be this battle that happens inside where, you know, we know what the right thing to do is. We know what the spiritual, you know, um, the spirit would want us to do, but then the flesh is pushing so hard to do what's wrong. We weren't created f for that or with that already in place. We brought that on ourselves. Lucky us. So the long, the, the short answer, and Lucas, I see you're making notes. Uh, the short answer for me is that we weren't created like that. In fact, when God created us, uh, and, and I've said this before, but when he went through the creation uh, days, he would say, you know, this was good, this was good, this was good, and then it would go to the next and the next. And after he made us, he said, you know, this is very good. We were the only thing that God added that on and said, very good. 
And again, if you understand who God is through the tenor of scripture, through all of scripture, and his nature, for him to call us very good meant that we did not have this sinful, inherent sinful nature, but we did have free will. And because we chose to do wrong, then sin entered the world. Lucas, what do you got for me here? Well, I said, I said, you know, a lot of things come back to, um, you know, parenting and, and that sort of thing, but it's kind of similar with our children, not that we have total power over them, but if you're the kind of uh, parent who like makes your kid do every little thing and doesn't let them choose anything and and you know just makes them almost like a little robot, right? And mm-hmm. and you know I've seen that in school sometimes, and you see these kids and like, ooh, that's not going to usually end well. And the kid either leaves leaves their parents' house and goes off the rails, or they leave their parents' house and they completely can't handle the world because they've never had free choice and they've never had to make those decisions then their parents don't want them making the wrong decision. Right. Um, and I understand that, but the problem is if you never give your kids the chance to, to try things on their own, it has to be their decision. Right. And the idea is, and it's hard because, you know, we love our children and we we don't want to see them make bad choices, but we still have to raise them and get them ready. So when the time comes to make choices that they'll make the right ones because we can't make them for them forever. That's right. One, they'll move out. Two, we'll, we'll die before they will. So they, you know, you, that you give your child the gift of, of making the right choice, hopefully, and hopefully they'll you can guide them that way. But same thing with, with people, you know, we had to be given the choice. We had to be given the opportunity to do the wrong thing and hopefully we'll do the right thing. And sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. And when we don't, there's consequences. And it's not about uh, God wanting to, you know, stomp on us for, for breaking a rule. It's just that there's this natural consequences in this world, you know? Like if I, if I drink and drive and I get in a car accident, and I hurt somebody and I hurt myself, those are natural consequences. God's not like excited about that. It's just the fact that that's the way it is. I chose to do something wrong. There's a reason I shouldn't have done it. And I, I might suffer because of it. And other people might suffer because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listener, if you're interested in, in, uh, in really doing some interesting research into this, uh, the Bible, I'm going to break the Bible into two parts. The first part is from Genesis 1 uh, up until Genesis 12, so not including Genesis 12. And what you would see there is our creation and the fall and the effects of the fall. But God makes an interesting promise when he's, when he's talking to Adam and Eve and the serpent, and he says uh, you know, that the seed of the woman will, uh, will crush the serpent's head or bruise the serpent's head. And... And, and he's talking about Jesus coming. That is the, that's the first time that we see um, this promise of, of a redeemer, someone that's going to restore things, to restore order and nature back to the way it's supposed to be, like our, our human nature. Um, and then you see all this different stuff, like, you know, the first murder with Cain and Abel. You see, like, the sinful nature of man just rampant. You know, you have the flood and all these different things. And then Genesis 12 comes along, and from that point in Scripture forward is the redemption story and everything that's bringing it about to Jesus, and then from Jesus to bringing about the Holy Spirit coming. You know, the Holy Spirit had been active on earth before, but not in the same way that we see, you know, after the day of Pentecost, and then when the Holy Spirit came to the Gentiles, and and forward. Uh, I, I say all that to say this, is that from that moment when we messed up, God put, thing, put a plan in place, and you start to see it with Abram uh, in Genesis 12, where 
where uh, God is beginning to deal with, and ultimately he deals with it through Jesus, our sinful nature. Um, because God loves us so much that he accepts us right where we are with our sinful nature and everything, but he loves us too much to leave us in this state. And so when we come to Jesus and are filled with the Holy Spirit, he starts restoring that image. When he created us in, back in Genesis and you know it created in his image, there's a lot that people talk about, what does that mean? But one thing that, that I know uh, through relationship with Jesus is that he begins to restore that image that was busted and broken. And there are battles and sinful things that I used to do in my life that I don't anymore. And I don't have a desire to do anymore. And, and they just seem to be such a part of me before. And I can only attribute that to, to God because I had no power to change those things, things in my life. I had no power to, oh my goodness. Oh, Lucas, the audio on, for whatever reason, on the computer I'm using for you is cranked, but your, your, um, oh, my heart, your, uh, your audio is quiet, but like a Skype thing just came through. Oh, the sound or whatever. No, it was like this loud thing. And if I'm looking at the audio, it's just like peaked and clipped out and I, oh, my whole body just freaked out. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh. Oh. <laughs> All I know is this. The person that I used to be is not the person that I am today. So help me if that, if that notification comes through again, I'm going to pass out. That was so loud. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Lucas. Some tie, tie this thing up in a bow. How do I? <laughs> so... Uh, why did God make us uh, sinful? Was that the, the yeah have a sinful nature? He didn't. We chose it a long time ago. Now it it lives within us. But remember, it doesn't have the the power. We, you know, we can ask God for uh, forgiveness. We can ask Him to come into our life. We can ask Him every day, help us defeat this. And does it mean we're going to be perfect? No, we're going to make mistakes. But we can choose to have victory over this. Um, it's not easy. But it, it, it can happen. So you just need to decide what you're going to let run your life. Ooh, I, that's, hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously rattled. Like, to my core, that was probably the <laughs> loudest thing that's ever gone into my ears. <laughs> uh, you're done for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously rattled. Oh my soul. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Uh, <sighs> That's super funny. Um, Deuteronomy 30, 15 to 20 says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Obviously, this was um, written to the Israelites, but I like this part. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. We have free will and a choice. We need today to choose life and prosperity and not the other. Mm -hmm. <sighs> All right, Lucas. Yes. Uh, I would love, I would love to hear about your trip to Brazil. And, and, and I, I, um, I want to start right from the beginning. Uh, 
I can't wait. You can see in the notes and I can see in your smile. There's one part of this trip that I'm just, I'm just tickled pink. Pink like a pig. Uh, pink like a piggy. Yeah. Uh, you want me to just hop right into to that? talk about, well, uh, I'll talk about the reason for the trip and then I'll jump into that story. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Great. Uh, well, of course, I work for Frederick Christian Academy. and um, What? What? That's right. Represent. And um, we, the, I was approached. Um, we travel all over the world doing recruiting for the school. Um, we bring in international students. It's awesome. It makes our school so much better and cooler. Um, but they, you know, uh, it's, it's been our headmaster who's been doing all the traveling, going to all these places. And he's just been gone. He, he, you know, he's, he's away too much. And he says, like, you know, I, I want to try to, uh, you know, kind of sh- shop this out a little bit. And they said, like, how would you like to be uh, our guy down in, like, South America and go down to Brazil, like, to start with in any way in Brazil? Because we, we have relationships down there. And I said, mm-hmm. that sounds awesome. Like, I, I, you know, I really like that. And they said, like, like you kind of got the good one. Like, the time zone is exactly the same as it is. Like, because when you go to Asia, it's, like, a 12-hour difference and you're all jet-lagged. But here it's the exact same, exact same time zone. It's like the food is awesome. Like, and, all, and not that it's not in other places, but he said, you would like it more because we know you're a big uh, wuss when it comes to eating different weird foods, <laughs> which is fair. Um, and, I mean, it's like it's super warm and all that stuff. Um, and the people are amazing. And, and ever since we've had Brazilian students and they've like, oh, Mr. Candy, you know, you have to come down and try our, our Brazilian barbecue and, and meet our people. And, the, you know, they're so proud of their, of their, of their country, obviously. And, and that really shines through. And I was really excited to, and honored that I got to come down. So uh, I, I'm down here for a week with our – we have a consultant named Kent. And he's like super-duper world traveler. And, and Shout out to pro, Kent. So, yeah, shout out to Kent. Uh, and it was really cool that I got to go with him because, uh, like, otherwise the traveling would have been a little – not would have made me a little nervous and, and everything probably would have. But he was just, you know, such a, a boss really. Um, and so anyway. So well, we hold on. Would you, say uh, that, would you say that you and Kent now are better friends? I would say that. Would, like better than you and I friends? I'm <laughs> <You got laughs> just messing. Worry about, buddy. <laughs> no. But uh, we, uh, so we, I, I was on the way there and I was on the first leg of my journey. And like I said, you know, Kent is a super traveler. Oh, Kent all the again. Time. Oh, my word. Uh, uh, <laughs> just I'm so sick of hearing this guy's name. Um, and I am the opposite of that because I hardly ever travel, especially by plane. Like I've traveled probably five times in my life. Um, so I'm getting ready. And, you know, I, I, I did a little research to make sure I was ready. But I was traveling in jeans. They told me to travel something comfortable. And jeans is kind of, what I have. That's my comfort level. Uh, yeah. So anyway, and then I accidentally, like, I, I have two kinds of socks, regular and these, like, thicker, warmer socks, which I threw a pair on in the morning. I had to leave. Oh, yeah. I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning. Yep. Um, so I could leave my house at 4 so I could get to the airport for 4.30. And my wife, my beautiful, sweet wife, drove me there even though sleep is precious to her. Um, so that was very kind of her. Um, but anyhow... It feels like a thousand years ago now. So I get there. <laughs> so, you know, I'm getting up, running around the airport. I get there. And I was like walking around the airport, killing time because I wasn't because Kent wasn't gonna, was going to meet me in Toronto because that's where he's from. And uh, so but my feet were like I was like sweaty because I had a jacket on and it uh, was warm. And I don't like and where my, this is headed. My, this is gross. My feet, my feet were hot and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, man, like. But anyway, I, I texted Kent and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there in like an hour or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to set up shop. So I found an empty terminal with like one person in it. And, uh, and I found the, and and then it's really cool. 
They Hold on. Cool little seats. Yes. By definition, that terminal was not empty. <laughs> Fair enough. True enough. Moving so on. Anyway, so I was like, oh, man, my dogs are barking, you know, these hot shoes. Uh, so I peel off my shoes. But you know what? Ah, Brad, they were still hot. Um, so <sighs> I said, listen, I, I, no one knows me here. And, and, you know, I'm just being as God made me. So I, uh, I, I peeled off them socks and let my, my piggies flap in the breeze. Well, uh, and let me tell you. Felt amazing. Let me tell you, we'll yeah. do it again. Let's just talk about how God made you and your feet. <laughs> um, so I'm going to jump in here because around this time, Lucas sends uh, Andrew Beckwith and myself. We have a group chat because that's how close we are. Take that, Kent. Uh, he sends uh, <laughs> he sends us a text that says, um, oh, I wish I had it like right on me. Do you have the text on you? Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm scrolling through now to find it because uh, I I did get a kick out of sending it. So sometimes I laugh at the own my own things. Do you laugh at and that your, was one uh, of them. Laugh at myself. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Almost there. Super cool. Super close. Wait. Oh yeah, here it is. Uh, well, a lot of pictures uh, of food. Oh, there it is. Okay. 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 Opinion poll. Socks in the airport terminal. Additional information. I'm camped out in a, oh, nice, nearly empty terminal. Additional information. It feels so good on my piggies. <laughs> Which was followed up, Lucas, but now are you aware that every picture you send is a live picture? That if you touch it on the screen, there's movement? Every I do know that they're live pictures, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Lucas sends us a picture of his feet dangling uh, out in an, in an airport terminal that is not empty, but does in fact have people. Now he's still in Canada. My concern was was he in a foreign country, and you know would he offend any sensibilities, things like that. Uh, luckily, still in Canada and still offending sensibilities, but that's fine. You, to be fair, you can see two Air Canada planes parked in the tarmac. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, that's fine. Um, but Lucas, for the longest time, and I'm, I hope you don't mind me doing this, you had some foot issues, did you not? Uh, yeah, they weren't fungus related though. This is really gross. But you had like like ingrown toenails or something, if I remember. Yeah, I uh, well, let's unpack that a little bit. Um, to be fair to my my piggies. Um, so grade five, a basketball cart falls on my toe, uh, uh, shattering the nail bed. Uh, my toenail falls off. It re it regrows, but kind of like a superhero, like it grows back stronger. Um, thicker, sharper than before. Wow. Um, you know, this, and, and it shredded a few socks. It really taught them a lesson. But um, <laughs> anyway, the problem is it used to get ingrown more often. And, you know, Brad lived with me and two other gentlemen. And so sometimes I would have to, when it was getting, you know, feisty on me, I would have to soak it in Epsom, Epsom salts, salts and water because yep. I'm a, you know, 90-year-old man. It's not a big deal. Uh, anyway, so I used to, and it was, and you know what? I was always really good. I never left my toe water out sitting in the living room. That never <sighs> happened. <laughs> but I would, I'd come into Lucas in Epsom, with his feet in an Epsom salt bath with like, a, a thing of hot chocolate in a mug with a spoon, and and he get you, yep he would spoon the hot chocolate instead of drinking it from the mug, uh, which is oh, you know yeah, what? I, I do I do like slurping it yeah which is fine which is fine I just remember there was a lot of like toe picking at at the toe <laughs> uh, that's that's so my fear for the people in the airport was that you would 
you know, regress back to a state of picking. Now, my, my other ways. Uh, to, to show you know, I my feet, my toe has. I mean, it's still ugly. I mean, sorry, beautiful in its own ugly way. You get your own ugly but, toe. The Miley toe, razor toe, but it. Uh, I haven't had any ingrown issues since since like we lived together. Like okay. I've been, it's been top notch. Well, then can you do me a favor? Can you bring up the picture yep. that you sent on your phone? Mm, and, yeah. And do you right do you have zooming capability? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I'm gonna get you to pinch, uh, pinch and zoom up on that on on your. Uh, well, it's technically your right foot. On the but big on toe, the left side. Yeah, but yeah. On now, zoom right up in that big toe and tell me what's what's up there in the in the in the top right of that thing. It looks like it looks like an unpopped corn kernel. <laughs> no, that's just the nail. Oh, you're, you're looking through the nail. Yeah, no, I don't have like a bunion on it. No, it's fine. Is that painful? People, what I'm looking at. Is it painful? No, it, it's it's just my toenail, man. It's, it's totally cool. I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to feel a little self-conscious about it now. Um, I, you might be giving me issues, but uh, no, it's fine. Uh, and who are you to tell me <laughs> where and where I cannot, you know, fly my my foot flag proudly? I'm um, I'm I'm your friend. But although it's funny because I didn't care and because it, it felt so so good, Brad. Did I tell you how good it felt? You did. Yeah, multiple, so good, multiple times. And uh, and then, but when I and I, I was shame, I had no shame, you know, like Adam and Eve before the fall. But <laughs> but then when I went to put my socks back on, like all of a sudden I looked up from my I was playing video games. I look up and there was like it was like half full the terminal and I, and as I went to put my socks back on. The sock putting on felt shameful. Like it felt like, oh, I shouldn't have been doing this. I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, poor piggies. Uh, that was fine. Um, and I, like I said, I didn't sleep great on my overnight flight. But then I got to Brazil and it was just awesome. I land and it's like super hot out. Um, and I'm, again, wearing my my shoes and my jacket like a dummy. And uh, But anyway, as soon as we get there, the, we, meet, we meet Luigi. And Luigi is uh, was our driver and contact guy. He was a super funny guy, awesome guy. And he's like, and Kent knew him because Kent knows everybody. I think everywhere. Uh, I Kent's see. the best, Brad. I can't say how much I like, I like Kent. Wow, it's so good, great. And, good, anyway, good, good for Kent. Uh, Does he know about your toes? <laughs> <laughs> Low blow. Uh, so they took us out and they get this stuff called picanha beef, and I thought it meant like like picante, like like oh, spicy. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's not. It's the place we go to the place where like you sit down and all of a sudden they just appear at your table with a sword with like three big like things of meat on it and they're and they're like they speak at you in their in their language I don't know and I just like shake my head yes and I get the little tongs out and they they get this big like quasi sword and like cut off some beef and I thought like this is the most magical thing in the world but I've had it like six times since I've been here still amazing still awesome but uh, yeah so the beef is just ridiculous. Um, the food is awesome. Um, another thing about Brazil. Well, I just want waste- just, sorry. I'm just oh, sorry. just jump in here. Just so you know, picana picanha mm-hmm. is it's a cut of beef called sirloin cap uh, in the yep. United States or the rump cap in the United Kingdom, and it's it's very popular in Brazil. So that I'm not surprised you'd have that. <laughs> Yeah, and they have all different kinds. Uh, I forget the names of the other ones, but picanha was the one that, that Kent was, like, raving about. Um, and so I tried it, and it was really, really good. Uh, and the other stuff I really liked, too. I did accidentally somehow, through miscommunication, end up with 
uh, about 10 chicken hearts on my plate. Um, I, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, I did not eat them. Uh, not even one. I thought I, cause he, he had them. I was like, I'm going to be tough. And I'm going to eat a chicken heart. And I was like, yeah. And he put like five on my plate. And I was like, okay. And he had another sword with him. And I pointed to the other sword, which was right beside the chicken heart sword. And he assumed I really wanted to double down on the chicken hearts. So he slid them all down. But the problem is like, we were there at like two in the afternoon. So we were the only ones there. And there's like 10 guys and they each have their own sword. So basically like they, the guy would cut it and I just start to like start to eat it. And all of a sudden the other guy shows up and he's like, do you want more? Do you want more? And I come from the land of Canada where if you're offered meat, you never turn it down. So sure. all of a sudden I have this like mound of meat on my plate that I'm never going to get through, not to mention the chicken hearts I'm trying to ignore. And like it was, yeah, it got crazy real fast. But no, it's, but it, it was awesome. Every other time I went, I was a little, the other places, they don't bring it to you. You go and they like weigh it or whatever. Anyway, it was really good. So that's one thing I'm going to miss about Brazil is the the, the beef, the picanha beef. The, the picture uh, I have in my head, Lucas, is like a bunch of musketeers. Serving you, Ganya, serving all of you the steak beef. on the end. Yeah, so um, that's what you're saying. All right, what else? So we got the beef. I see you've got a few notes here. A lot of food related ones. Yeah. Well, the next one was uh, super coffee, um, and like they drink, they're a big coffee culture place. I don't drink coffee, so it was totally wasted on me. I felt really bad because did you try like, it? Oh, wait to. Mr. Candy, Mr. Lucas, Mr. Lucas, wait till you try the coffee. And I was like, ugh, don't like coffee. And one thing Brazil does not have a handle on is tea, unfortunately. Uh, so that's been Ouch. a little rough. But, like, they they drink it out of these little, like, espresso cups. They yep. make you feel like a giant holding these little cups. Wait. Um, and also, yes? You, um, by super coffee, do you just mean, um, oh, my soul. I espresso? T- yeah, espresso. I totally just got it. No, the- I just call it super coffee because it's super smooth. Um and but you go to the rest every restaurant like on your way out the door like they've just got like a thing of it there and you just and you, you basically take like a shot glass full of this yep. stuff and yeah, you yeah. knock it back and they drink it with a ton of sugar in yep. it um and it's it was good um but i'm like man this must be like i'm gonna have the diabetes by the time i leave <laughs> um and and kent was telling me like oh you gotta try it it's so good because i told him like i'm not a big coffee guy and he's like, well, try this. Like it's, he says, the coffee itself is really smooth. It's not bitter. And then you put the, you know, the, the sugar. sugar. Yeah. And it was like really good. Like I drank my little shot glasses a few times and I did enjoy it. So super coffee. Um, I'm bringing my wife home. Uh, I felt bad because she was missing out on all the great coffee. Um, so I bought her a kilogram bag of just the beans and then she can fabricate her own. Very cool. Um, then, you know, they're, they have a lot of fruit here. It was really cool when we were driving between the cities. I went to three different cities. Um, and you can see, like, we, we drove past, like, vineyards full of grapes and then, like, coffee plantations where they have all the coffee beans. And then uh, what was the other thing? Uh, oh, sugar cane. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Yeah, say, so, oh, the sugar cane. That was neat. Uh, the heat I enjoyed because, like, it basically felt like the summer already. And all the Brazilians are like, oh, it's the Canadian. Like, can you handle our heat? And I was like, yeah, it's, we, we, have, we have summer. Like, you're, <laughs> you're not you – don't, you don't have the market cornered on summer, you jerks. Uh, and now, we do have the market cornered on winter. Uh, so there's very that. much so. Uh, yeah. So, and I told them, I was like, no, this is what it's like in the summer. I love it. Like it's, it's really good. And it's funny. A lot of the Brazilians were like, oh, I don't want to go to like, 
I, I wouldn't want to go to Canada in the winter because we have uh, summer camps in the summer and the winter. Mm-hmm. But a couple of them are like, no, no, I want the winter. I want the cold. I'm really excited at the idea of being cold. I'm really excited at the idea of snow. So that, I thought that was kind of cool that they, you know, they'd never seen it and they knew it was cold. And their, and their mothers were worrying, like, will my child survive up north? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Like, well, we've been doing it for years. It's called a coat. She can get one. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be good. Um, and then, like, and the other thing is just the land is beautiful. Like, it's, you know, like tropical paradise, basically. And the, and the, and the people are awesome. Like, um, I like people to begin with. I'm pretty friendly. But these people are, are just excellent people, and they want to they want to talk with you, and they want to – I mean, they're a little huggy for my taste, but, you know, it's the culture. Uh, and they're just like awesome people. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting to come back and, and meet some more of these people and, and, and see this, this really cool spot. Now, do you recall there was a a time where we took a trip? Well, um, I was, I was taking a trip to Boston and I tagged along and, and I swung by, I came through Fredericton and, Mm-hmm. And picked you up, and you jumped in the car and, and came along for the trip, and because I already had a hotel and I already had to rent a car to go and and all that stuff, and I was going by, so you jumped in. Yeah, that was a super fun trip. That was a such a fun trip, eh? You know, trips together. I'm just. <laughs> Do you uh, wish I had uh, put you in my carry-on luggage or something I, like that? I, or? I was. I was. I just wondered if you had a plus one to this thing, and <laughs> and I was kind of waiting and checking the mail daily just to see if. <laughs> You know, I'm yeah, so- they uh, they kind of frown on people sitting on laps and airplanes and stuff. But you know, maybe uh, maybe another time. You yeah, you would have loved the coffee. You would have loved the beef. Like you would have been probably the heat. I assume. I don't know what would have done to your beard the the excess heat, but I'm sure you could figure out. Well, it's shorter. Kind of it's shorter. You know what? I dealt with it when I was in Cuba. I had the beard and and the blow dryer going, and the humidity is the biggest issue, right? So like you're blow drying <laughs> that beard down. But uh, the next time you go to Brazil, uh, I'd like. I Brazil's one place I would like to. There's two places on Earth I would like to go: uh, Brazil and Egypt. And Ooh. and and um, my stepmom is from Brazil which you know, uh, you don't know her, you just know of, of her. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I'd be interested to go there because there'd be some family connections that would be, that would be there. Um, so I'm, I'm motivated to go to Brazil. So the next time you go back, let me know when you're going and, uh, and I'll see if, I mean, Brazil's probably bigger than I think it is. So the, the odds of connecting with the people I need to while you're on a business meeting, I think we could probably be in separate places and still be in Brazil. Uh, something I didn't realize is I thought it was like half the size of Canada, but it's like almost the size of Canada. Like it's massive. It's bigger than I thought it was. Um, wow. But it's yeah, it's super, it's super cool. Um, and I mean, we were just in three cities. We were in Maringue, Apucarana and uh, President Prudente. Yeah. Um, and they're just, they're cool cities. And we were at this one, as I loved it. And I said, I sent you a bunch of pictures of this one. It was, a, it was an English school and on the roof, they have this like super cool patio and you're on like, you're like three stories up, but there's like, there's like a, a couch. There's like those outdoor couches and there's like a, like a, an Island and there's like a, you know, a fridge and a stove and a barbecue. And yeah, it's just such a, it's such a cool place. So I was, I was trying to soak it in. Even when we were traveling like between places, I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't like reading books. I was just like enjoying the countryside because it's, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm glad you're enjoying your trip, man. And I'm glad you're enjoying the people and the, the delicacies. And mm-hmm. I've, I always thought of, because uh, when I think of, um, you know, South South America and, and all that stuff that's that's down that way, I never think of 
uh, and it's my own fault, just it's my own ignorance. I never think uh, that they have the same amenities and the same, you know, uh, the things that we have here. So mm-hmm. like when I go to Cuba, and I brought up Cuba enough, but when I go to Cuba, I don't find a McDonald's. Right? right, like that just doesn't, to the best of my knowledge, that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, I know it doesn't exist anyway. And so it's when you sent a picture and there was a McDonald's yeah. right, right beside you, I was like, wait, what is this? Yeah, it, and there's not like a ton of them. Like um, we were in a city with 250,000 people, so like you know, size is a little smaller than Moncton, probably. It had two McDonald's, and it had that was the only those the only and it had a subway apparently, but I never saw it. Um, <laughs> But, like, some of the differences were just, like, the streets are really narrow, and the cars are all so tiny. Like, everyone drives, like, Accent hatchbacks and, like, Volkswagen Golfs and stuff like that. But but this the streets are so small, it still feels tight getting around stuff. And yep. there's, like, motorbikes going everywhere. And, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a cool experience that way and just seeing the way all the traffic goes and everything like that. And, um it was funny two of two of the of the hotels we've stayed in like they were very nice hotels but um, if you wanted the lights to come on in your room you had to put your room key in which took me about five minutes longer than it should have to figure out <laughs> uh, so well how do you find the slot in? for your room key in the dark <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, anyway I did but uh, no it's it's a cool spot and and uh, you know it's there's no country's perfect but uh, the people are pretty amazing here so I, I did it's have a, a great time it's a quarter machine like like you would get on one of those rides in a mall if you want if you want the the lights on pop a pop a quarter in <laughs> yeah uh you want air conditioning that's double you that, want tv triple well man thank you for uh for spending some time with us on your trip and you're heading out you're coming back home tomorrow eh yeah we fly out at 11 and uh I, it's there's a there's a rain there's a thunderstorm scheduled so hopefully we make it off the ground uh, but, uh, no, yeah, it should be, I think I make it home Monday at like seven thirty at night or something like that. We have, I have a super long layover in Pearson, so I cannot wait to just take my socks off and really, really enjoy myself. <laughs> oh, good grief. Well, Lucas, why don't we end with one of these, uh, one of our recommendations. I thought it'd be wildly appropriate to do an airline recommendation. So why don't you hit us with, uh, what, who would you recommend keeping in mind you're about to take some flights and... Yeah, well, I've I, on the way down, I flew Air Canada, United Airlines, and Gaul, which is a uh, which is a, a Brazilian one. Hmm. Yeah, um, and I like them all, but I actually recommended one that is on the list. It's kind of like a a dark horse to win the to win the the fight here. It's Porter Airlines, which is Canada's like third airline, basically. Yep. And I haven't flown them in a while, but they were they're a little like discount airline. Their prices are really good, um, and and they're just they're a great airline. I've been really happy with them. Um, so if you're ever looking to get a good price on, on some tickets, make sure you check out Porter Airlines. Uh, mine was WestJet and mostly because I used to really be scared of flying. And so anything that was constant and consistent helped me process. So the first airline I flew with was WestJet. And, and I liked the way that the stewardesses and, and everybody just was very relaxed and was funny and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying they aren't on other airlines, but I have flown other airlines and I've not found that I get the same service, uh, at least what kind of what I'm looking for uh, from different airlines. Uh, yeah, Lucas. Uh, sorry, I have a little story for you that will probably give you a nightmare. Um, so, uh, like I said, Kent, uh, the guy I'm traveling with is like a super traveler or whatever. And he's been coming to this part of Brazil for, he said, like 20 years with previous jobs and stuff. He has lots of connections here. 
But one time he was flying uh, a little, a little tiny uh, plane. He said it was like about an eight seater plane from one part of Brazil to the other. Cause he wanted to get there faster than driving. And he said that, so they were in this little tiny airplane and they're flying through and all of a sudden they see a storm ahead of them. And normally he says, yeah, normally in Canada, like you see storms, they just fly around them. It's not a big deal. He says, this guy flew through the middle of the lightning storm. Oh my word. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's crazy. He's like, I was like, yeah, he's like, it was crazy. And there was like crazy turbulence. We were shaking and there was like lightning everywhere. He goes, I said, oh man, that's nuts. Uh, and, but in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm sure the guy knew what he was doing. But he goes, and I looked up and the stewardess was bawling. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, no, that's crazy." Because I, I, I said they always say, "Like, look at the look at the stewardess," yep. and like, if they're stressed, you should be stressed. And she was like, "He's like," and she was Brazilian, so it wasn't a it wasn't a quiet cry, a quiet cry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, th- anyway, that, I thought that was a funny story, and it will give you nightmares. That is that? that is my go-to. I look at the stewardesses. Uh, one of the last flights I was on, we were hitting some turbulence. And, I mean, generally, uh, when I'm flying within Canada or within Canada and the U.S., I'm, I'm usually not worried uh, about even turbulence, stuff like that. It's annoying, and it, you know, gives me a little bit of, not anxiety anymore. Um, that's another story. But the la- one of the last flights I was on, we went through some some hops, like, you know, like bump you up off your seat kind of stuff. And Fine. just as, just as they were doing the drink service. And, uh, <laughs> and so they had just got to me, just poured my drink and all of a sudden it's like, you're, you know, bumping up in your seat. <laughs> and so I immediately lock eyes with the stewardess who's locking eyes with the stewardess across from her in the aisle. And, and the, the, the face she made did not calm me down. <laughs> Is the only way to put that, and they wrapped was she up WestJet. They yes, WestJet, and and they wrapped up their drink service real quick and made their way to the back. Now, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, okay, we're fine, um, you know. Uh, but and and then we got out. We got out. I've I've always appreciated um, WestJet uh, for getting me <laughs> where I need to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my airline recommendation is WestJet if. Even if I have to pay a little bit more for a similar flight, I do that just because mm-hmm. I like WestJet. Um, nice. So, Lucas, why don't you, why don't you uh, tie this thing up, put a little bow on it, and send us out of here? Well, listeners, you can follow our podcast throughout the rest of the week on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Oxford Holy Club or email OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. If you use social media, throw up the hashtag OHClub. Uh, don't forget, it means a ton if you like us and rate us on iTunes. And for every five-star rating you give us, we will read it on the air if you'd like. And if you can, become a supporter of the podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes or other projects. You can support it for as low as $1, 5 or $10 if you want to. Uh, to make a donation, just click the link that's in the description. Uh, but more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and, and have, have fun. fun. Can you say goodbye in Portuguese? Obrigado. Uh, That's actually not goodbye. That's ciao, ciao.